Good morning, everyone. <laughs> yeah, let's go. This is so good. I just want to, like, kind of feel mushy, kind of feel happy. <clears throat> so what the presence of God does, right? Makes us feel happy lots of times. So, well, I'm really uh, privileged to be able to come and talk again. Um, so you all know we've been going through the FIRE principles, F-I-R-E. We spent the first three months of the year talking about the Father Heart of God is the, the F. We are moving into the intimacy. Ooh, don't get too freaked out. Uh, that word intimacy can scare people. I like it now. Uh, yay. <laughs> so, uh, Father Heart of God, intimacy. R is restoration, healing and restoration, the restoration of our hearts. And then E, expanding the kingdom, evangelism. Fill in your E, which is outward focused. That's what the E stands for. So, we're kind of kicking off talking about intimacy this week. So, I've titled this An Invitation to Intimacy. And guys, you don't have to be freaked out. It's cool. Um, so, God ultimately is calling us into community, communication, connection with Him, right? We've learned a lot about the Father, His heart for us, and now we're going to learn about communicating with God. And we call it a relationship. We call this what, you know, this thing that we have with Jesus and with the Father, a relationship. Sometimes it doesn't feel like a relationship. How many of you... No? Nobody? Okay, good. That's, that's great. Most, I mean, I think our goal is, is that we understand God and can communicate with God and He can communicate to us. So, you want to come up? Please? Alright, so I've got a little example here. So, we, the key is, is positioning our hearts to be able to see, hear, feel God. Alright? So what Sarah's going to do is put on her eye mask, which is what she uses to sleep with. This is her sleeping gear. And she's going to put in earplugs. All right. So she is not positioning herself to hear from me right now or to see me or to feel me. She is not positioning herself. So I just want you to know how much I love you and I care about you. And I really am passionate about you. In fact, would, would you wait? Would you marry me? Would you, would you be my bride? Would you come closer to me? Come closer to me? Do you want to come closer to me? Do you want to come closer to me? you want to... I love you. I really love you a lot. All right. Pick that up. Could you hear, could, could you hear anything I was saying? Very. <laughs> okay. Well, the, so, so the example is that we can position our hearts... Oh, yes. Come to me. Come to me. <laughs> so we can position our hearts to be in a place where we're ready to hear communication from God, where we're ready to hear His voice, where we're ready to connect with Him. Or we can position our hearts or our ears, our spiritual ears, our spiritual hearts, the eyes of our understanding, uh, to not. And so today, you know, I think we're all at a, at a different place on the spectrum of, man, I, I'm not sure if I've even heard 
God or God's communicated with me at all, all the way over to, you know, I feel like I'm able to connect with God daily. He, I, I feel like he's saying things to me and, and communicating to me. And so wherever you're at on that spectrum, what we're going for today is um, our hearts to be in a position to, to hear him a little more, to communicate with him a, a little bit more, to position our hearts to connect with him. How's that sound? All right. <clears throat> so, through the Bible, God is constantly trying to speak to his kids. Old Testament, New Testament. I mean, you, you, you look and you see God communicating. And sometimes us, we try, like the children of Israel, they were like, oh, no, I'd prefer if you didn't talk to me. Here's Moses. Talk to him and let him talk to me. Right? And they were afraid to let God speak to them. And I think like there is a little fear in us sometimes. Like, that sounds kind of scary. I'm a little scared. But God wants to speak and connect and communicate with us often. <clears throat> in the New Testament, uh, John 3, sorry, John 10, 3 through 4. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They know his voice. So there's a relationship there, right? There's a recognition of the shepherd who takes care of the flock communicating with the sheep and the sheep recognizing what the shepherd's saying and following him. Then down in verse 14 and 16. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. So there's an invitation for more, for more people. They too will listen to my voice, and there should be one flock and one shepherd. How does that sound? <clears throat> All right, Acts 10, 19 and 20. So, um, so this is right after Peter has a vision, right? He actually goes into a trance. If you read your Bible, it says trance and it says vision. And those kind of words kind of scare us, I think, today a little bit sometimes. But they're real. And um, Peter, actually all of us, all the Gentiles in the room, were invited into the plan that God has. He always had invited us in. But the way that he communicated to man that the Gentiles were going to be included in this was through a vision in a trance. That's how God communicated to Peter. And so Peter gets this vision of the sheep being let down, four corners let down, the, there's animals in it. God says, take, eat. He's like, no, I've never eaten anything unclean. And there's this interaction between him and God in the vision. And then after, he's pondering it. And, he said, and it says in, in Acts 10, <clears throat> while Peter was earnestly revolving the vision in his mind and meditating on it. So I'm sure it was like, a, like what is this? God, what are you trying to say to me? Behold, uh, the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit said to him, there's communication, right? Communication of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Behold, three men are looking for you. Get up and go below and accompany them without any doubt and any discrimination or hesitation, for I have sent them. So the Holy Spirit was directing Peter, right? He was directing Peter. 
So what's the purpose of this whole communication, two-way communication with God? What's the pur- All right, there's an interaction part. Now is that part. What is the purpose of God at two-way communication with God? What? What's that? He- loving, relationship, good? Intimacy? Oh, sneaky. <laughs> what else? What's that? Hearing. Hearing. Instruction. Instruction. <laughs> Instruction. Good. I think also, I think at the core of what God wants to communicate lots of times to us is not, uh, is, is his heart of love for us and who we are. He wants to call out who we are, remind us who we are. Have you ever got a pep talk from God? Like, pep talks from God are great. <laughs> it's like, like those are the ones I, that, that's what I love. It's like, I sit down and really, you know, and we're going to talk about some four keys here. But, you know, getting encouragement from God, having him just say, hey, eh, forget about that other stuff. I just really love you, and I want you to know that. Let's just focus on that right now. I think there's a lot more that God wants to do of that than a lot of the other stuff. And I actually talked about that last time. So um, it's not about knowing about God. It's about knowing God, right? Because you can know about someone. You can hear about them. You can read about them. But until you know them, and and we're going to talk about that word know, um, you, you don't have that connection with them. So, in John 17, verse 3, it says, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So that word know is gnosko, and it means to be known. To be known. So we are known, and God is known. It, it's the process of learning. So I thought it was really interesting, knowing, learning to know. And it's also connected to the sexual intimacy of a man and a woman. So there's this intimacy aspect to knowing God. It's a connection, a deep connection, a deep relational connection that we can have. And Peter, or Paul, I'm sorry, in Philippians uh, 3.10, I don't think we have it for the top, but that's all right. He says, that I may know him, same word, gnosko, that I may know him and the power of resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to him in his death. That I may be involved, Paul's saying, that I may be involved in an intimate and growing relationship. That's what I long for. That I may know Him. That I may be involved in an intimate and growing relationship. So I've got a... There's a man that I really respect. His name is Mike Bickle. Who's heard of Mike Bickle? Oh yeah, whoa. Joe says, whoa. (laughs) One of Joe's heroes is Mike Bickle. Um, International House of Prayer started this amazing ministry. They have 24-hour worship and prayer. People support their um, worship leaders and people that pray, and they have this thing going. And does anybody know what the initial revelation that God gave to Mike Bickle was that kind of started this whole thing? Anybody? All right. What's that? The bride? Right. So, here's the thing about Mike Bickle. 
He's this like rough and tough, like man's man. How many men's men do we have in the house? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Rah, like, 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 I think of a football player, man's man, like a wrestler, like Chris Flaw. Chris Flaw's a man's man, you know? I mean, he's rough and tumble. Chris has got a soft, soft heart, though. I love him, man. I love him. He's got the perfect combination of both. But, like, like, okay, so Mike Bickle, he used to play football. He is. He's, like, stocky. How about uh, rugby players? Have, rugby players are, like, they don't. That sissy helmet thing, we don't want to do that. <laughs> We're rugby players. So these guys are like tough, right? So Mike Bickles, that is, that's the way that Mike is like brought up. That's who he is. That's his character. And God reveals to him a message from the Song of Solomon. The most intimate, soft, lovey-dovey, gooey book in the entire Bible. Eight chapters of God communicating his passionate love for his bride. And he gives it to Mike Bickle, this, like, you know, rough guy. And so, but that revelation of the Father's love and, and the, the, the pursuit of God, it, it's amazing. I mean, Mike, he breaks down every single verse and it is incredible to see the path. Even while, even when we've like said, yes, I want to follow you, but we're still in our sin and we're still struggling with stuff. He's like after our hearts and he's pursuing us and he's giving opportunities for us to go after him. And it's like, you know, in, in Song of Solomon, um, it talks about how the, fa- the, the, the bridegroom looks at the bride and says, you're fair. You are altogether beautiful. We, uh, we have ravished his heart. There's a song about that. We have ravished his heart. Like that is ooey and gooey and kind of makes me feel a little awkward sometimes. I've got to be honest. But the, in, the intentional connection and intimacy that God wants with us is, is I think he's, inv- he's just inviting us into something that we, we've maybe heard about and maybe in some ways we've experienced and maybe some ways we haven't, but he wants to communicate his love for us. Alright, so you hear God's voice right now. I guarantee it. You all communicate with God. You have at one point or another in your life. I guarantee it. I guarantee that he has communicated something to you. Would any of you be here if God hadn't communicated something to you at some point? Probably not, right? Unless just like, okay, check the box, religious duty for the week. I went to church, good, going home and everything's fine, right? Like, God, I think we can all say at some point in our life, God has given us a feeling or a thought, given us direction. I mean, we've been drawn. The Bible talks about how we've been just drawn into the kingdom. He called us. Like we were singing this morning, He he knows our name. He's called us by name. And so, um, we have all heard His voice. We have all heard Him communicating to us. Maybe it's like seeing a picture in our minds. Maybe it's just a sense. Maybe you're just driving down the road and randomly somebody pops in your head and you're like, huh, I should probably pray for them right now. You start praying for them. That's God speaking. 
right? There's so many different ways that, you know, when you, you, when you open the Bible and all of a sudden that verse, you never read it that way before. Never ever seen it like that before. And it just goes, just, bam, duh, how didn't I see that before? Right? That's, that's God wanting to communicate with you. That's God communicating to you, revealing things to you. All right, so I'm going to get into, we're going to talk a little bit about sort of things that you can do, keys that you can do that will help you to communicate with God. But there's this guy named Dr. Mark Verkler, and he has, he calls them four keys. And so we're going to, yeah, we're going to hand them out. Actually, Dan could, or someone could, you guys help Sarah there. Um, So, but what I've done is I've added one key. Because I've got one that I think is important, that I think would be good in addition to what, um, what's there. So, and that key is trust. We need to pursue an understanding that we can trust our Father to speak to us, to communicate with us, to relate with us. That we can trust Him. Luke 11, 11 through 13. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil compared to God, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more... Will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And there's a trust in that, right? I mean, <clears throat> I don't want to ask for the egg and get the scorpion. That sounds pretty bad. <laughs> I don't want to, like, here, I'm going to eat this delicious egg. <laughs> ah, it's scorpion, it's in my face. It's doing things to me that I don't want it to do. That's not cool. That's not cool at all. There's a trust factor. I think what, that this part of what this verse is trying to communicate is, hey, we know when our, when our kids come to us and they say, Daddy, I'm hungry. Dan, are you going to give them a stone? Like, here, son, take this stone and find a way to make it nu- you know, nutritious to yourself. <laughs> What's that? Stone soup. stone soup. Yeah, okay. I've never had that. <laughs> but, you know... You ask for an egg. You ask for something that's going to nourish you. Your father isn't going to give you something that's going to harm you. Now, obviously, there's tough stuff we go through, and sometimes it's a sliver that God needs to remove, and it hurts in the moment, pulling it out. But in terms of communicating with God and communing with God, when we ask Him to communicate with us, we can expect and we can trust Him that He's going to give us um, good gifts, that He's going to reward us as we seek Him, as we go after Him. All right. So how many of you believe in Jesus? Raise your hands. How many of you have said, Yes, uh, I believe that the Bible's true. You know, raise your hands. Like, like we have things that are in place in us that, that where God has changed us, He's healed us, He's given us instruction and direction, and that is a safe place where we can trust Him to speak to us. We've got stuff that we can rely on. We are a new creation, the Bible says. 
We are a new creation. And so we can, as we go to Him and say, God, I want you to communicate with me. God, I want to, I want, I want to get closer to you. I want to understand your heart for me. I want to understand your heart for everyone else. We can, we can, we can lean on the fact that we have accepted Jesus in us, that the Holy Spirit's in us, that He wants to talk to us, He wants to communicate us, that we've got the Bible that can back us up, and we can go to the Bible and secure what God's spoken to us. Alright? Okay, so, here's the keys. Number one key is, is quiet yourself. How crazy is life? It's crazy, man. Like, you got kids running around, you got... Jobs were running back and forth too. You got people calling you on the phone. You got, I mean, it is just a constant bombardment. I mean, when I'm driving down the road and there's the radios on, sports radio or music or fantasy football podcasts. <laughs> just me, maybe. Okay, well. So, but there's just, it's, does it seem like there's constant noise? There's just like this constant noise. So, um, we, you know, we, we talk about the secret place. Like, go, get in your secret place. You know what the secret place is to me? It's a place that's quiet. <laughs> that you just, like, cut out all the other stuff. It's actually, like, quiet. So, I've found, when I'm driving to work, I drive a lot for work, that if I turn off the radio, if I turn off the podcast, if I turn off the music, and just drive, it is amazing to me how I can, my, my thoughts just start to flow. How I can actually hear my own heart. I can, a lot of times, I don't even know what I'm feeling sometimes until I just get away to kind of a quiet place. I'm like, okay, yeah. That's it. I, I just feel it's like that, that stuff just comes to the surface when you give it space, right? And, and so you, uh, I, I just shut the radio off, shut that stuff off, and just allowed God then in those moments too, when we start to be able to just hear our hearts, we can also start to hear God speaking to us, God communicating to us, God wanting to say stuff to us. It's not, it's not like all the time. It's not, you know, but... But we're, if we position ourselves intentionally to quiet ourselves, that is the huge first step to being able to connect with God. Right? Can anybody say amen to that? Amen to that. All right. Okay. Let me just give a couple quick clues. A couple quick clues. So, when you're trying to quiet yourself, how many of you have trouble quieting yourself? Yes. Okay. Just quickly. If you have all the things that you have to do in the day popping into your head, here's an idea. Write them down. Put them to the side. Another one pops in your head. Write it down. Put it to the side. You won't forget it later if it's written down. If it's written down, you're comfortable with the fact that you can go back to that and, and take care of those things. Because right now, I don't want to focus on those things that I have to do today. I want to allow my heart to be silent and my, just to quiet myself. All right? If sin, sins, shame, stuff that you've done wrong constantly bombard you at that point when you're just trying to be silent, God's blood was given for that. The sacrifice that Jesus gave was for that he doesn't put shame on us. He brings shame off of us. Repent. 
thank Him for His blood. Thank Him for freedom. Don't and just you know that that stuff isn't allowed to stay when we stand on the blood of Jesus. And so intentionally in those moments of trying to be quiet, if that's the stuff that pops into your mind, um, repent, move on from it. Um, all right. So. No, key, the second key, recognizing God's communication as spontaneous thoughts. All right? In Western culture, we are very rational, right? We are logical, and this works for me because this is the way that my mind thinks too. It's very black and white, okay? Um, Jesus actually addresses this, kind of this domination of rational thinking in our relationship in John 5, 39 through 40. There's a number of other places that he does too. He says, You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, about the person Jesus. Yet you refuse to come to me, the person Jesus, to have life. So scriptures absolutely bring revelation, give a foundation, are absolutely a place that we go to. But... Jesus is inviting us to connect with Him, not just with a rational idea about Him. The Bible talks about being like children and how we need to go and be like children to to inherit the kingdom. Cameron's actually going to come and talk in a couple weeks about logos and rhema words, so I'm not going to get into that, but there's a difference between sort of the written analytical, you know, canon of scripture, logos, and then the rhema, the revelation, revelatory or sensed words of God. Um, so not, our, not all of our thoughts are our own. How many of you know that? Yes. So I'll be, you know, vulnerable. Like the random thought of the half-naked woman that pops into my mind is not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's, it's not me. It's from the enemy. <laughs> Okay, that's not from me, and it's not from the um, the Holy Spirit, right? So uh, all the wives are like looking at their husbands, like, does that happen? <laughs> it does. We're constantly bombarded everywhere. Billboards doesn't matter. It's constant, and so we constantly have our have to have our guards up. But that random picture, those thoughts, those random thoughts can come from the Holy Spirit. They can come from the enemy, or they can just be our thoughts, our kind of analytical or processing. So not all of our thoughts are just our own. So what do we need to do? We need to recognize the source of the thoughts that are coming into our head. And when we start to learn, right, in Galatians it talks about how the Holy Spirit's in us. So that means the Holy Spirit will speak to us, right? And those, so we need to recognize those thoughts that come to our mind, those feelings in our in our hearts. All right. <clears throat> all right. So let's let's be very practical about this. Everyone, close your eyes for a minute. And if you would just um, hum uh, "Happy Birthday" or your favorite song. Okay. In your head, hum it in your head. So close your eyes. Just can you see the words, or can you can you kind of feel them running through your head? 
Okay, so that, you can open your eyes now. Like, that is just an example. Sometimes that stuff just flashes on us. Sometimes that, sometimes when we're listening to God, that's, that's just His voice. Now, we have to determine, is that from the, from the Holy Spirit? Is it from the enemy? Or is it just our anal- analytical thinking? All right? Yes. Okay, next one. Look for vision as you pray. Alright, Habakkuk 2.1 I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart and I will keep watch. And it shall come to pass in the last days sorry, this is Acts 2.17 and it shall come to pass in the last days says God that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh that your sons and your daughters will prophesy your young men will see visions your old men shall dream dreams. Um, and again, I talked about Peter, how he saw this vision of this sheep being let down and God was speaking to him through vision. So let's do this exercise again. Close your eyes. Everyone imagine your room, your bedroom at home. If you can see your bedroom at home, raise your hand. All right. Good. You can open your eyes. So we talk about looking with vision, like looking. And it's the same thing as when Sarah was standing up here. We want to be lookers and listen. People that look and people that listen. If you don't look, you're not going to see. This is deep. If you don't listen, you're not going to hear. So, intentionally positioning yourself to be a listener intentionally positioning yourself to see what God wants to speak, how He wants... God communicates us to us in lots of different ways. But let's be intentional about trying to communicate with Him, to try to get what that communication is into us. Because that is so... Like, that is His heart, is to have that communication with us. You can say something, Sarah. Absolutely. There are there are more ways than just seeing and hearing. There's also feeling and sensing. So you you know how you have a gut feeling about something really strong. I feel it kind of in here. It's hard to describe. You, some of you may kind of that resonates with you. Some of you might be like, "What are you talking about?" But it's like a gut feeling, an inner knowing. And then there's feeling where you actually can, in a sense, feel in your almost physical body the presence of the Lord or you can feel the presence of something that's not the Lord <laughs> same thing so it's all these ways that the Lord can communicate and some people might major in one more than the other but we all need to exercise ways that we're not stronger in so we can grow in all of them so we can be getting communication from God in all the inner knowing the feeling the sensing the seeing and the hearing thank you that's great so this is an invitation to us for deep intimacy and connection with our Father. That's what, that's what we've got. We've got an invitation. And so, and you know what? I can speak for my, um, in my life, it is worth pursuing. It is worth pursuing and going after. <clears throat> when I get hope that I didn't have two seconds earlier in a situation, it is worth stopping and sitting and allowing him to speak to me however he wants to speak to me. Earlier this week, I was just getting, just 
I was listening to this song, and God just said, just get up and walk in the woods. We got this little plot of woods behind our house. And I never do that. Like, like lots of people connect with God in nature. Like, that is where, man, I can feel God's presence when I'm in nature. Man, I just, everything becomes clear when I'm in nature. I'm out and about. And I've experienced those things, but that is not kind of normally the place that I go to. And so I just went walking and ended up sitting at a picnic table and God just like just like this flood of thoughts came to my head that were not my own at all not my own at all and so that gets into the fourth key which is writing them down this is my this is how I write them down (laughs) because I use my phone (laughs) and I put them into my phone but writing them down and, and it's so critical to write things down Habakkuk 2.2 Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets, that the one who reads it may run. In First Chronicles, this is so interesting to me, 29.29 As for the events of King David's reign from beginning to end, note that they are all, all the events are written in the, in the events of Samuel the seer, the events of Nathan the prophet, the events of Gad the seer, along with his reign, his might, and the incidents that affected him, and Israel, and the kingdoms of the surrounding lands. People wrote stuff down. Why do we write stuff down? To remember it, because we're silly human beings and we forget stuff. (laughs) Right? We want to remember what God's done. There's been so many times when I've gone back and looked at something that I felt like God's spoken to me. And literally years later, I'm in the middle of that and I'm just like, wow, God, you knew back then that this is how it's going to be now. Writing it down is so critical. The other reason that writing it down is, is so critical is because then, because when you're in a moment, you're just kind of just following that spontaneous flow and just writing, 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 not analyzing in the moment, just writing, writing, writing. You can take that and then you can go, okay, the Bible is the word of God. This is the solid foundation we stand on. Is there stuff that I've written down that does not line up with the Word of God? I'm like, I don't think I heard quite right there. That's not quite right. right. And you can take that thing that you've written down to spiritual advisors, mentors, people that you respect in the faith and that you honor as authorities in your life. Take that to them and they can, they can help you to walk through it and help you to look at it. And so writing it down is actually a safety net for you, but remembering to me is like the most amazing thing. Remembering the things that God's spoken to you. It's amazing. All right, so we're going we're gonna to do it. We're going to just take five minutes and we're just going to allow God to maybe drop a couple words, maybe less than five minutes, a couple words, whatever. And so, um, yeah, you can start. Uh, so, you can, you know, like what I do sometimes, I'll just write down a question like, Lord, do you love me? And we know logically in our head what the answer to that is. Lord, do you love me? You can write down, what do you want to say to me? You could write down, Lord, what do you think about me? So let's just, yeah, just for a minute or two, quiet ourselves. Just quiet ourselves. And, uh, yeah, sometimes you can just have a picture in your head, like a happy place. Maybe it's in the woods, maybe it's in a field, maybe it's just, you can just if you're kind of more visionary and you, you see like that, you can just start with uh, kind of like you imagined your, 
your room. You can imagine a place that you like to be that's... So God, what what do you think about us? What do you have to say to us? What do you have to say to me? Lord, what, what do you think about me? And just like the kind of words can cross your minds, like the song, Happy Birthday, that you sang, or... A picture that you have in your head, things might happen in the picture. Like, and you can just say, Jesus, you know, you can imagine Jesus there and just, He is there. I mean, the, He's with us always. That's what Emmanuel means. He's always with us. And the Holy Spirit, the promise, He's actually inside of us. So, Father, I just pray that you'll speak to us, even just in this, these moments. Tell us what you think about us. Tell us about your love for us. Is there anything you want to say to us, God? We just we choose to take off our uh, the eyes, the the things that block our eyes. We choose to take out the earplugs and just to listen. saw a picture or had a feeling or had thoughts that popped in your head and just trust you God that you're speaking to us and I just encourage you guys to write that down and uh, I just want to pray God I pray uh, that we will all position ourselves where we look We'll be lookers. We'll be people that look and seek and knock to communicate with you. Father, that we will be um, we'll be hearers. We'll intentionally quiet ourselves to hear what you might want to speak to us, God. And Father, I pray wherever we are kind of on this spectrum, Lord, that you will just draw us closer to you. Father, that deep knowing and being known, we want that, Father. We don't want to just do a religious duty and check the box, God. We really 
in you, there's <laughs> the intimacy with you is like it's just deep freedom. There's deep hope. It changes who we are, God. We want to be changed. We we look at ourselves and go, Ugh, I don't love that. Don't love that. God, we want to see ourselves the way that you see us. So I just pray that that you'll draw us closer to you. You'll help us to hear you when you're communicating to us. God, I pray that you'll help us to tune in to your radio station. Just get our frequencies aligned, Father. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. All right. Yay. So uh, we have a, a prayer team that if you want uh, more prayer for this, if anything resonated with you, or even if you're like, man, I don't, I don't really know about kind of connecting with God um, and hearing Him and, and that, you can go and just get prayer or ask for more. And then we have a prophetic team that uh, has been trained to hear God's voice for you. They record it. You can take it home and listen to it. Compare it against the Bible and and uh, take it to people that you respect in the faith. But why don't you all stand up? I'm going to pull a Cameron. Stand up. <laughs> What's next? Greet one another and you're dismissed.